from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, your new favorite podcast. We're back. We are still missing probably the most essential member of the cast. We're still missing Justine, but hopefully she'll be back. She had some work to do today. But her uh, her proxy, Patrick, is here today, who was not here last week. They were both gone. Nope. How'd it go with those dogs, Patrick? Guys. How did it go with the dogs? Are they all snipped up? He's all snipped and clipped and chipped. His cone and staples all came off and out today, so... He's a happy boy. He's feeling good. He's probably running around free. Oh yeah, he's well actually he's sleeping right next to me, but he's really happy. He's a uh, he he was nervous with the cone. He didn't it, he didn't feel as confident because he kept running into shit. Right, so they do run into things and it is hilarious yeah. for us, but it yeah. is a little traumatic for them. I yeah. feel the same way. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you wear your cone too much, Jake. Right? Yeah. Sorry, I can't help it. Jake, have you ever worn a cone of silence? Every day of my life. <laughs> Only cones of shame. <laughs> Only cones of shame. Every day. Well, we're glad the dog's okay. What is the dog's name? I always forget. Miles. <laughs> is it Miles Morales? Oh, nice. You have Miles and Obi. Yep. Which one do you like better? Um, They're both great, honestly. It's weird. Since we've gotten Miles, Obi is much more affectionate with me and wants more of my attention. Yes. Whereas before, he could give a shit about me and only cared about Justine. So right. kind of weird. Right, yeah, because now he's like, now the, the dog has, mom has another dog. Mom, yeah, so please pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Love it. He's not getting 100% from mom, so he'll go to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dogs, not like cats. Cats will not give you affection. You can feed them and love them, and they won't give you any. Oh, that, so most cats, I will say most cats. Not all. There are cats who want your affection 24 7 i've had cats where they're just like i need to be with you you need to give me attention when i want my affection you give it to me now right they're very much like they choose when they want it and then they choose when they don't yes and when they want it you goddamn better well wake up at four in the morning (laughs) once you get the shit kicked out of here (laughs) it's on their terms i've learned it's on their terms it's like yeah okay now's good Mm. (laughs) like not now i'm busy dogs aim to please and cats just fucking tolerate us yes I don't know. Because it's their world. They're like, no. It's like, all right, I guess. This is our world. You're just an interloper. <laughs> I found out via a TikTok video that when a dog, not a dog, when a cat brings you uh, uh, like a dead bird, yeah, uh, it's because they think you're a shitty hunter. Yeah, they're trying to take care of you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like they don't think you can. They don't think you can fend for yourself. Oh, so they're really? like, yeah, yeah so they're they, like, they look at you. They look at us as helpless. Yeah, here, forms. Here, it's interesting. I thought it was like a gift or something. Well, it is, but it's also like you can't do this for yourself. So here, let me do it for you. Yeah, I don't worry. I got you. Right. That's interesting because I've read things where they cats think you're the alpha cat. You know. They still do whatever the fuck they want, but they think you're the alpha cat by virtue of the fact that you're larger. Well, <laughs> you know? well, no. I also learned that if a cat like nests on your head, uh-huh. like you know, sometimes you're in bed. Though that means they think they're better than you, because it's just huh. like I'm above you now, so I yeah. am the huh. I am the superior being. You provide them with warmth. Yeah, I've never had a cat do that before. Usually, what they do is like I get on my chest. Uh, and go I, nose to nose, or they'll like yeah. curl up next to me. Yeah. What about? Cat used to sleep on my hip. 
and when you would turn, they would go with you and they'd rotate to the other hip. <laughs> they'd always stay on the fucking hip, and it was so annoying. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Our old That's dog strange. would always have to make contact with you if you were asleep, yeah. which was fine in the winter, but in the in the summer, you'd be like, get away from me. Yeah, it, it fucking sucks in the so summer. so hot. Yeah. <clears throat> you always had to be like curled up right up, like, oh, I'm going to go right up against your back there. Right. <laughs> uh yeah, our cat now, weird, uh, you know, attached to my wife, um, will almost sleep through the night. Uh, will Sleeps when she goes to sleep. Sleeps most yeah. of the night, uh, which I've, I've never seen. I, I usually cat. She'll get up and do her thing, but then come back to bed. So uh-huh. that's weird. I've never had a cat sleep almost through the night. Usually they're up doing cat things. Yeah, well, if they, they, if they get the nighttime frenzies, it's usually like, you know, one in the morning, you know. Right, they're running around. Oh, it's like two o'clock in the morning where they're staring at the wall and they're standing up, all the hair is on end, and you're just like, what the fuck do you see in that corner? Right. Yeah. And you're just worried you're going to die. Mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Is there, is there a ghost? Is there an intruder? Is there something <laughs> like, oh my from God. another dimension? Right. You go, what the fuck are you seeing, my guy? I, it always it always trips me out when like the dog will be in the same room. The dog registers nothing, and the you cat's know. just staring at the corner, like <clears throat> you know, like like Rod Serling's ghost is up there or something, and they're just like what? their radar. That's no what's up, man. That's no what's up. Uh, you know, but yeah, usually dog. Well, I've heard that that will, a dog will, <clears throat> if a dog barks, it's really not a big deal because it's usually another person or another dog. But if a dog just stares in a certain direction, that means it's danger. Like if the dog mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, and when they get quiet, because yeah, not a, <clears throat> if they're just they quiet and figure shit out because they don't know what's going right, on either. <laughs> right. If it's quiet and they're staring, that means there's danger nearby. Like they see some, they register something that is dangerous. Because if it's a if it's another, if it's another human or another animal, they're uh, they're protecting their territory. <clears throat> but if it's something that they're staring at, it's usually like a larger predator, and they're just like, "Well, <laughs> what do we I do?" Don't die. <laughs> <laughs> when they look at you and go, "What are you going to do?" <laughs> yeah, right. What they're do I do? Bug eyed, hunched. I don't know how to handle like this them. situation. Yeah, when they when they, you ever see when they hunch like that, that's weird. That's you know, there's something yeah. wrong. Then you get nervous. You're like, "What? What is it?" What, where, what, huh, where, who? What is it? What is it? That's uh, why you got to get yourself a big dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big, big boy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's 50 big pounds boy. now. He's he's already a big boy. He's going to hit about 75, 80 pounds. But they're like lap dogs, right? They're, they're like, he's a fucking lap dog. I was driving him back from the vet this morning, and he's sitting in my lap while I'm driving. I'm like, you can't be here. You're too fucking big. <laughs> It's like having like a, a child sit on your lap while you're trying to drive. It's right. <laughs> With a head in the way. And he doesn't get it. Like he just wants to be right next to you all the time. You're like, no, get you know, it. you perpetuate that behavior by letting him do it. So that's no, I move him. <laughs> it's dangerous. I don't want to die. Uh, Put him in the back with a seatbelt on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 We have to. Yeah. You have to. Right. Like, yeah. like Dino. Yep. Good old <laughs> Dino. For those of you who are too young, that's a Flintstones reference. Yeah. I know, how to, I know how to drive with Everyone my feet, okay? We are, I know we're, how to fucking drive with my feet. We're Flintstones, kids. Welcome to Dog and Cat Talk. I don't know how this started, <laughs> but welcome to Dog and Cat Talk. And uh, this is what happens when we, don't, when we have no set topics. We didn't end up talking about, uh, we just do hack comedian stuff. So next, let's talk about airplane <laughs> food. It's time to talk Ooh, about airplane, airplane food. food. Hey. Uh, don't eat the fish from what I am Yeah, how about that, yep. How about that? 
Why would you get Why would you get fish on an airplane? That sounds oh, that sounds that's a little suspicious. Well, some we need to we need to find someone who can who can not only land this plane, but who also did not have fish for dinner. That's right. Oh God. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. John, have you ever seen the movie that that uh, the airplane was based on? What's it called? Zero yeah. Hour. Yeah, with Dana Andrews. Yeah, I've seen it. And and it is it's almost uh, scene for scene the same movie, which is why they had to pay. They had to pay for the movie because they said somebody said, "Well, that's okay," and they said, "No, this is so close. Let's just hedge our. Let's make sure that we've got the rights to it because we're doing it scene for scene. Some of the dialogue is even verbatim." So they said, "Let's just. It, it doesn't cost much. Let's just buy the rights to the film, and that way we don't run into any trouble later on." Wow, I feel yeah. like I feel like that line was probably in the original. We've got to find someone who most, can... It's funny. Most of those lines are from the original. Most of the setup lines, not like the jive talk and all that, but most of the setups, uh, the scenes and the, the basic dialogue is right out of the original. It's insane. And I think even the uh, the thing in the cockpit, I think it's a football player. I can't think of his name. They had a football player playing one of the, the co-pilots. So that whole thing. <laughs> it's uh, just them watching the movie at like 2 in the morning going, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? And how about if this guy did this? And, oh, that's great. Yeah, gotta love it. Somebody on, I think somebody online, it does a scene. They do a split screen. They'll say, "Here's the scene from Zero Hour. Here's the scene from Airplane." Sometimes it's like identical, oh, the staging it. and framing of it. Good old Zero Hour. We have to watch it. Danny Andrews, huh? Yeah, you know it's funny. He has been in some really classic movies, and he's also been in some real, some real duds. He's all over the map because he, he's done classics. You know, something like Laura. Right, it's a classic, and that. But then later on, he does some really oddball, cornball stuff. Just never turned down a role. Pretty much, he's always a, a working actor. He's one of those guys. You know, hell, John Wayne's the same way. I saw a thing the other day, and I'm like, God, what the hell is this? It's like, well, he wants to work. <laughs> they can't all be classics, you know. <laughs> right, right. It's the Nick Cage of his day. Well, you know what it was? It was the thing called. Uh, McHugh, and it was kind of like Dirty Harry. He, uh, John Wayne had turned down Dirty Harry. So when they came around and said, well, how about this? He's all, yeah, all right. He says that last one did all right. So this is him in contemporary, where is it? It's not San Francisco. It might be like Seattle or something. It's some place, he's, in a, he's in a major city, I guess Pacific Northwest. But it's pretty much like, what would it look like if John Wayne was in Dirty Harry? With the mm -hmm. big gun. I remember that. He, he drives like that, a yeah. giant car in that movie. Like a and Lincoln. at the end, there's a big chase on the beach. I don't know what beach that is, but they're driving on the sand right at the uh, at the edge of the water. <laughs> there's a big car chase. And one of the bad guys is Clue Gallagher, who just passed away. Yeah. And the other one is the guy from The Godfather, the one that gets it in the uh, in the restaurant with the cop. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Don Barzini. He's, he's in a million movies, always playing a bad guy. You know, he's in um, he's in Mr. Majestic, too. He always plays a bad guy. Oh, that's he's right. That he face. is. Yeah, He's yeah, got yeah. that face. You know, he doesn't right. have to talk. Right. <coughs> uh, Michael and I are going to speak Italian, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I love how he's putting on the he's putting the napkin on his. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, Pass the parmesan. Who who just passed away? Oh, uh, Wolfgang Peterson, director of Das oh, really? Das Das Boat and uh, and Air Force One. Really? Yeah, he just passed away at 81. I think yesterday he passed away. Wow. Yeah. And Clue Gulliger. Clue Gulliger. Uh, I remember the guys from Mystery Science Theater in, the, in their book, they talk about being 
Cool Gulager was in one of the movies, and they were like, they were blown away by the fact because they had always thought it was Clue Gallagher, and uh, they're like, what? What? It's Gulager? Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Gulager? Yeah, but uh, Clue Gulager, R.I.P. Famous character actor place. was in a million movies. Always in a he was in a lot of the uh, American International stuff too. Turns up in a lot he of. He was those. just in that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He played the guy that ran the bookstore. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I had a one. All right. I remember. And of course, yeah. last picture show. Uh, by, by the way, guys, if you're not, I sent John a text and I said, John, I've been all over Facebook talking about this show, uh, This Fool on Hulu. And I saw the previews and I was mildly amused by the previews. It's, uh, oh, the Frankie Quinones, who does the Cholo Fit uh, uh, YouTube videos, he is one of the stars of the show. But it's created by, let me look it up because I want to give him credit. Very funny show. Very funny show. Um, and uh, it's on Hulu. It's the whole season is streaming. Um, it was one of those pleasant surprises. What's the show called? This fool, like this fool. This fool. Um, it's Chris Estrada. Is the uh, is the main character? Kind of looks. Kind of looks like uh, our old friend Billy uh, from the R.I.P. Uh, rest in peace, Billy Famine. Remember Billy from the comic book store, John? Uh, uh, punk rock Billy. I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Renee would know him. He used to hang out at the comic book shop. Great guy. But he he, he actually kind of looks like uh, like uh, like Chris Estrada a little bit. Kind of reminds me of the same thing. But uh, so the, the story is uh, Chris Estrada plays this guy who works for uh, a, 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 a nonprofit organization in East L.A. called Hugs Not Thugs. And they rehabilitate <laughs> they, they rehabilitate uh, ex-cons. And his cousin comes out of the prison system. And uh, <clears throat> is forced to uh, become his, uh, like, he becomes his case manager. And what I love about it is that it's very, uh, it's just, some of the humor is just way out of, like, it's just out of left field. It's a little ridiculous. It's, a, so, it's so silly, and it avoids a lot of stereotypes, which I love. That's cool. But it's also very nuanced as far as, like, John will know this. If you grow up in an area that is, like, cholo heavy, that you don't always get the same. Not everybody's in a gang. Some guys are ex guys. Some guys are you know trying to get out of it. Some guys are just like they look cholos, but they're not. They just they're like cholo adjacent, and it kind of captures all of that. <laughs> and, and, and what I love also about it is that it doesn't necessarily follow the first couple of episodes. You think it's going to follow really everything that's going on in the nonprofit, and it's full of silly characters and stuff. But as the show goes on each character kind of takes their own and some of the episodes they're together sometimes they're not you know sometimes one focus on one cousin the other you know sometimes it's on the other so it's really cool the way they did it and it was really really well done and uh i ended up binging the whole thing over like two nights and, oh really and it wow. re a couple of the episodes really really made me laugh uh but my favorite bit i'll i, I just not just I'll, I'll spoil a little little bit in the second episode there's a there's a kid the, the, the second episode, the, the the beginning, they're working for the nonprofit and they have to go deliver something. And while they're out there, one of the old, um, one of the old, there's a rival, a head of a, of a rival gang, 
and you know everybody's old now, right? So they yeah. <laughs> they challenge each other to a fight in the park, and the whole episode is oh, he, he makes his cousin drive him around so he can find all his old homies to fight this other guy in the park, and it's all like they're all like, oh, I can't do that anymore. Like, and they find this one guy is his old cholo. He's all tatted up. Tats, face tattoos and everything and he's like i can't my sciatica and he's wearing like a back brace and he's oh, he's like but funny. he's like but take my son he's like my son needs some toughening up so the little boy comes out the little boy's maybe like 11 or 12 and he's obviously like he's like a dance kid he's like a kid who's oh, like no. in ballet <laughs> so he comes out the next thing they're in the van and he's wearing like a red shirt with a collar popped and he's like are we the sharks or the jets? <laughs> the whole oh, thing. Man. The whole thing is he's like obsessed with West, West Side Story, and that becomes like a running gag. But oh, the man. but the great it's thing crazy. is the great thing is about it is that it's not like they don't go for the cheap jokes. They don't obviously make fun of the kid for they don't like nobody mentions that the kid is obviously you know a gay a little gay kid or whatever. They don't nobody. There's no like cheap jokes in the show, and when there are, it's usually one of the um you know the characters are usually called on it so it's really great it's yeah. really really well done and there is a cool. whole there's an episode where the whole subplot is austin powers i will say that <laughs> there's a I've subplot a about bit. about austin yeah. powers because when he went in that was the big movie when he went into when he went into prison that was the big movie so oh, uh, that's uh, but yeah it's really really it's worth checking out it's like i think eight or ten episodes and uh, really, really, and I saw that most of them look like they're maybe like twenty minutes, twenty. Yeah, minutes. it's yeah. really funny, really well done. A lot of it shot around. You could tell a lot of it shot around. You know, East LA. You know, they 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 find like the more like like small neighborhoods, small streets. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it's really you know it's funny. It's it's just, you don't know what it's going to be about, and it ends up being a lot about personal accountability. And uh, you know, and mental health, and all kinds of stuff that you don't expect it a comedy like a lot of real shit. Right. I think I sent you guys that movie, Cute House, uh, during COVID, where the the guys uh, all. Fight. No, we didn't see that. I one. didn't send that to you. It's a little seven minute short, but mm -hmm. the guys that find the cute house, I'll send it to you because mm -hmm. it's by a lot of the same guys, and um, and it kind of has that tone. But yeah, worth it's worth checking out. You guys will laugh. It's really really funny. Uh, I, I laughed really. I, there's a couple of really laugh out loud moments. I think uh, Fred Armisen produced it, and he ends. Yeah, and he ends up in one episode. He ends up as being like a like a like a billionaire philanthropist who goes there to. Oh, you know who else is in it? John is, uh, and he's great. Is Michael Imperioli? It plays the guy oh, who runs. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. he runs the nonprofit. <laughs> he runs the nonprofit. It's great. Oh, cool. Yeah, he, yeah. He's kind of this grizzled, like super, uh, super liberal, just angry. <laughs> angry liberal. Wasn't he in uh, he, the last, He was on the Life on Mars. Remember that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. What are the cops on that? Right. Yeah. We know him best. Well, he we ended up being on The Sopranos for years, but right. We right. know him best as Spider from uh, Goodfellas. <laughs> uh, dance that drink over here, Spider. But yeah, he's great. Uh, so yeah, worth checking out. It's the it was to me. It just you know I kind of had high hopes for it, but uh, uh, I, it kind of blew my expectations away. It's really funny. Everybody in the mm -hmm. show is just good, good casting. And uh, I don't want to give too much away, but that West Side Story kid, uh, that West Side Story kid just made me laugh because he was just so earnest uh, and. My favorite line from that whole episode, and I'll say it out of context, is, fuck you, Officer Krupke. 
funny. That's funny, and I don't even. Know, I've never even seen West Side Story. Right, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. You know, you don't even have to see West Side Story. It's just, it's so yeah. funny. You're just like, oh my god, this is so perfect. Wow. <laughs> that's this kid's. You know, his dad's a cholo, and that's his version of a gang fight. Is <laughs> West Side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, yeah, it's check it great. out. Check it out, eh? Did anybody see um, uh, what what's coming? Oh, what's dropping this week on? Um, I think this... uh, She Hulk is tomorrow. Is it? Yeah, I'm not excited. Mm. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think that they've addressed a lot of concerns that the fans had. So. I think it's going to be really lighthearted. I don't think it's going to be a, a dark Marvel thing. No, I, I like light. the fact that we're going to get more uh, um, 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 Mark Ruffalo. Daredevil? Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, it's nice that he's in it, too. I heard that Daredevil's going to be wearing his uh, yellow suit. Is that true? I know. The pictures look great. Like, his suit looks good. Yeah, he's wearing the yellow suit. John, tell uh, us about the it- yellow suit. They did also announce that uh, they're going to be doing uh, rescreenings of Rogue One with uh, oh in IMAX sneak peeks for Andor, so like they'll be like to link it together, which is kind of uh, cool. and it's in, gonna, a th- in a theater. You mean in a theater? Yeah, really? Is it going to be like a yeah. Fathom event? Uh, no, I, I think they're it's going to be just re released for a little bit. It's When's gonna, that going to be? It's going to be in uh, IMAX. It's going to be close to when it comes out. Uh, I do know it, which I think. That's months it's away, like, isn't it? Yeah, it's a couple of months. It's not right away, but I know they just announced it, so I thought that was pretty cool. I will probably go check that out, because that's about the only Star Wars prequel I liked. Or, not prequel, but these Disney Star Wars movies. It's the one that I would want to sit through a second time. Here we go, John. The... Uh, let me see. I'm looking for the date here. The movie will play in select theaters this Friday... Oh, no, good. next Friday, August 26th. Okay. Because I think um, Andor comes out next month, right? I think September? so. That actually looks pretty good. Uh, the the yep. previews for Andor look pretty good. Yeah. I haven't watched Sandman yet. Uh, I've heard it's good, though. I just haven't had time. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't. You didn't jump on that. That's usually new. Uh, new Gaiman. It, it's something I want to watch, and <clears> it's just, I haven't Neil, made time for it. Neil Gaiman's your boy. Mm-hmm. That's your boy. boy. That's your boy. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, Andor looks all right. Uh, again, I think I'm just starting to uh, branch. Out. I'm starting to feel like I'm. I'm uh, there's a lot of sci-fi, a lot of Star Wars, a lot of Marvel stuff coming out. So I'm really the stuff that isn't Star Wars or Marvel kind of grabs my attention right now. Um, mm-hmm. But. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of with Marvel. I'm kind of just waiting for them to fix all their CGI issues and just kind of that was the concern, right? With She-Hulk, was that the effects didn't look good in the preview? Well, I mean, it, it happened with um, Doctor Strange. Like the effects, just they haven't been looking as good. And uh-huh. there's been because there's such a rush to kind of push things out that we're not getting as much of the quality as we used to. Right. Yeah. I have a okay. I have a source who worked on uh, I'm not going to well I won't name the source but they worked on Black Panther <clears throat> in not in the in the effects department but they worked on Black Panther in another capacity <clears throat> and they pretty much that movie was not completely finished the shots some of the shots were not completely done when it was released according to this person Especially, not, this new, not this new one, right? The, the last one? No, the last one. The last one. Yeah. They, they, especially the last fight scene with yeah. uh, mm-hmm. 
Oh God, what's the other guy's name? The guy who took over? Killmonger. Yeah, Killmonger. Him and Killmonger. Yeah, I, I get not... it. They're just they're they're running for money, and it's just like, eh. well, it's hard. Somebody somebody brought this up the other day. They said that in a Marvel movie, you don't there, there's no real everything is character driven. So you you like the yeah. stuff that's uh, that's character driven, but you've never you've never looked at a Marvel movie and thought to yourself, hey, how did they do that? Because you know it's CGI. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, not since like <clears throat> Iron Man, right? Like that was when they did Iron Man. You're like, fuck, that's crazy cool, and it's right. Really, was the intro, and I think the biggest thing is the stories are so character driven, but they're not investing a lot in the characters as much, and so everything else really just stands out a lot more as not being as good. Well, look what they did for us. I mean, let's look at really. I think what it is is it's uh, it's a, like a hangover, because you had every movie in the original, you know, phase one, phase yeah. two, phase three, leading up to Endgame, mm-hmm. that had never been done before. That had never been done where there's like twenty different movies leading and they to. All, they all pretty much worked, and they all and they all worked, yeah. and they all led towards this. You know, uh, yeah. led towards you know, and there's yeah, a couple that didn't quite lead to end game but they were fun along the way and um <clears throat> but uh you don't have that you you don't have a a unified uh a theme or overarching story no, anymore no, yeah you're absolutely right this time. and i think they're just they're they're going for the cash grab just trying to push as many different uh franchises and seeing what fits and right. what works and you know kind of sticking it with from there and it's just it's a little sad well i'll say this phase four like like uh for me, the standout has been Spider-Man, right? Because you had the multiverse and all that worked out and everything. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. The last one was just okay for me. You didn't love oh, that the one. one where you, the you, one where you met the other Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was. There were some really nice moments in it, but I think that you're losing a lot of the the emotional side of it and actually the story-driven side of it. It's just like, hey, cool. You see this meme. You see these characters. It's cool. But it's not great. Too much fan service for you? Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's, I mean, obviously that's really, you know, fuck, we get Marvel movies left and right. Like, I shouldn't be complaining, but it's, I don't know. Um, I want them to try something new, I think is what it is. Right. Right, right, right. I felt like, uh, I felt like it's unsustainable. They can't do this forever. This was bound to happen. It's amazing that it took 25 movies for it to happen but they couldn't sustain that pace forever yeah i mean and it's not to say i don't want marvel things it's just maybe spend more time on it give me some quality stuff well what i was thinking of john was this is like uh, when westerns i think we're in that in that phase where westerns finally started to burn out you know westerns were so popular for so long and then there were so many westerns uh, after a while everybody was like well i'm done with westerns now like we can we can move on now and then like same thing with like early or 90s or you know early 2000s was a lot of action movies right a lot of buddy cop stuff a lot 80, of like yeah, you know yeah. that started in the 80s yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and it'll cycle through yeah but they always hollywood always beats a dead horse and they won't stop until there's zero dollars coming out so yeah. hopefully with you know and people were calling this years ago they said have we hit the wall not just for Marvel movies, but for superhero movies. I remember years ago them saying, "Haven't we hit the wall now? How much? How many more of these do we need?" I so. mean, and you look at how desperate studios are. Look at what freaking Warner Brothers, you know, is doing with Batgirl yeah. alone, and then also freaking the Flash movie. 
they're still putting that movie out after everything that's going on. And it's just like, that's kind of nuts to me. You know, I heard, that, I heard that they're going to redo the Batgirl movie with the same, yeah, it, with the same actress. There's they, talks about it. It's just like it, do a whole new movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, everything feels rushed. You know, that's what, it well, is. you know what it is too. I'll tell you what is, what's hard is now you have, it used to be back in the day, TV couldn't really compete with movies, right? Yeah. You had, you had stuff that stands out, but like, I mean, we talk about shows like I Love Lucy. We talk about shows like The Twilight Zone, Star Trek, Mission Impossible. John would probably throw like Dick Van Dyke show in there. Those are shows that have stood the test of time. But think of what a TV schedule looked like back in 1964. Yeah, everything was episodic versus right? now they can do those longer are the, stories but that the, have more in-depth situations. Right. right? Those are the, but those are the standouts from uh, an era where literally hundreds of shows were produced and shows were yeah. never watched again or seen again or aren't available anymore. Whereas now I feel like you can watch something on a streaming service and it competes on a certain level. Maybe not doesn't have the polish of, but mm -hmm. you can write things that are that compete with what you see in the movies. And you're seeing them in yeah. a in a better quality. And you're watching yeah. them, you know, you know, think of something like The Mandalorian, which, you know, you know, 20 years ago would have been impossible to do or think of even though it ended poorly think of game of thrones you know yeah <clears throat> and, i mean you go all the way up to season six game of thrones was fantastic right and there's dozens right. of shows I mean, like that that are now com competing yeah. for your attention you don't have to go to the movies you can stay home and watch you know something that's almost as epic at least and you get story-wise being spread out as well like you get more invested in the characters as well you're spending more time with them and, you know, kind of developing that story and wanting to know what happens next. Right. So it's I almost think that's why actors would rather do TV because you've got time to stretch out and really show the character. Right. And I think in some cases they'd rather do episodic TV instead of a movie because you've got a lot more hours to get it right. Well, isn't it a lot of like the streaming studios are trying to pay more attention, I would say, with the exception of Netflix about the quality that they're putting out. Netflix is just they put, you know, a bag of, you know, thumbtacks, throw it against the wall and sees what sticks. Right, right. And they make anything and everything. But you look at, like, HBO, you look at things like, you know, Stars, even Amazon Prime, right? Like, they're pretty picky about what they put right. out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, that's given a lot of benefit, too, right? Right. We were just talking about this, how, how all of a sudden Hulu has a bunch of shows that everybody loves. There's that show Reservation Dogs, um, and mm -hmm. then... They just put out a really great Lakers documentary called Legacy, and they've got uh, only murders in the building. And all of a sudden, and the Hulu, prey was supposed to be really yeah. Good. The pr I haven't watched that Hulu. either, which is the I've next Predator movie. About it. Yeah, all of a sudden, Hulu is just like at the forefront, and it used to be like, well, this is where we're going to just I can watch FX yeah. shows on Hulu, and now all of a sudden they're coming up with original content that's really good, and they're competing. It seems like everybody's surpassing Netflix. Yeah, I think Netflix is really struggling i think that they've the past couple like uh they've had they had success with stranger things right and then i think that they fell off a lot with things like umbrella academy where it was kind of the visuals and everything along with the story was kind of campy and it didn't necessarily put in the effort that you're seeing from a lot of different shows right i've heard the paper girls ver the version of paper girls on amazon is fantastic and that kind of came out before Stranger Things quiet, in yeah. comic in comic form, but it's gotten really great reviews. The problem with Amazon for me is I'm never compelled to watch anything on Amazon because they're 
their UI fucking sucks. Yes, yeah. their user interface <laughs> oh, is terrible. Worst, it's yeah. uh, it's such it's a headache. You don't know but where yeah, to get it, because it, like their um, their uh, main screen where you select a movie you want to watch and like you try and sort through things. It's one of the fucking worst. And you know why? Like menu? Yeah, yeah. You know why though? It's it's set up. It's not set up to help you scroll it's set up to help them sell stuff on amazon yeah so it's like yeah. stuff like rent this buy this it's like no 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 show me what your that has to be the worst user interface yeah of, it's of I, I don't know of another one that's as bad i mean there are some like the discovery streaming service is pretty shitty as far as like their ui oh amazon that's bad too just, amazon's ba- is just it's bad intentionally and that's what i think is the problem Discoveries is very much kind of like we're a newer streaming service. We're just it's a new platform. We're trying it out, but you Amazon, know, it's you been know that they, for a while, you know that they're going to get don't give shit. They're going to get absorbed. Yeah. Discovery is going to get absorbed by HBO Max. It's supposed to become one like next summer. Yeah. So, who knows what's going to happen? We're going to be back to one streaming service. Watch. Yep. Yeah, and commercials apparently, fuckers. Nobody wants commercials. Yeah. Nope, nope. I pay to not have commercials. Yeah, who else is toying with that? Is Disney Plus toying with that commercials? Uh, well, so was Netflix. Like they were toying with it as well. Well, just like they they stopped doing it because there was such a drop in their shares because of it. Like they had a massive. I think it was when they first announced it. They had a like their stock prices plummeted. People stopped subscribing. Like it was rough. Well, it was only going to be a certain tier. Like there was a lower tier that you could. Get Netflix for, right. but I, you know, People honestly, they get no commercials. Honestly, man, <laughs> yeah, no. Honestly, I have not. I don't remember the last time I signed into Netflix to watch something. Honestly, mm. and I still, no, yeah, I still have it. I know. Steam watches a lot of reality TV on there. Yeah, I know. There's. I do not go to Netflix for, and that used to be my go-to. Netflix yes, was like the was. one. Again, I just don't think they're putting out anything that's quality, right? Like that's there's nothing that's coming out that you're just like, hot damn, this is fantastic. And you can they're go doing like quantity over quality. They're just picking up anything that's new, any uh, new IP that's coming out. They're yeah. just like, yeah, we'll take it. Uh, unless you really have to see the latest Dave Chappelle, like you don't need Netflix really. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, they do like comedy specials and stuff, but that's it. They kind of fell off. It's weird. Oh, I watched The Gray Man when I was during COVID, and that was not was great. That? that was not great. That was not. Uh, yeah, that was not great. Good. Okay, then I won't worry about. So it wasn't. It wasn't great, man. No, it was not. Hey, how you doing? Hey. No, it was not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was the Russo brothers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not great, huh? Well, the action scenes were okay, you know, but uh, just the writing was, was bad. Writing and just bad. It felt like it just felt like a. a if you're gonna rip off Born. You really have to like. You really have to outdo yourself. Like, look. Is that what it feels like? Yeah, and look yeah. what. <clears throat> I mean, that those. That's Jason Bourne is the movie series that basically made James Bond piss his pants, right? Because they had to. Re- right. That's that's what. That's what Craig yeah. had to do, right? <clears throat> that's right. Yeah, they they definitely like. It took you know what uh, it took the fun out of James Bond, and it was right. It was James Bond without the comedy, and it did well. Like I mean, those films were good. I like them, um, but they're just like it's a different genre. Yeah, it had to re. They had to retool, right? So this yeah, is kind of like it definitely affected James Bond. You can tell absolutely. This is kind of like it, it. It puts the humor back in, but mm-hmm. it's just it's Chris Evans done in a way that's enjoyable. Chris Evans does a great job as a villain. He's, he's fun. He's fun. It's just, it's weird. It's just not, 
the pacing's weird. It's like he uh, Ryan Gosling's so low key that he's almost not there. Um, That's just Ryan Gosling, though, right? He's, right. And sometimes he's always been pretty flat. Everybody loves him, and I've always been kind of like, yeah, he's, he's a flat actor. Like he doesn't emote much. You know, it, you know what's great is I. You know what really the movie that turned me around on him was Nice Guys, with Russell Crowe. Yeah. Uh, that really turned me around on him because he's. Uh, we're gonna watch it for the. I love that movie and he's great in it. And it's like, why don't you like that more? Why aren't you? Why aren't you like that more, Ryan Gosling? Be more like that. Be more like that. Uh, Not inscrutable stuff like, you know, like Drive and Blade, the second Blade Runner. I don't know. It seems to work. I think it works for the movies. But you're right. You can see from Nice Guys that he has another. He could play another kind of character. Right, and he just doesn't. It's like, come on, dude, give us that. Where's that guy? Do your job. <laughs> Entertain me. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do a little game of. Uh, are you Are you guys gonna go back for uh, the House of Dragon? Nah, I don't know. Uh, I can't. I I'm can't gonna get excited about it. I don't know. I'm gonna give it a mm. chance. I, I'm gonna watch it and see how it does. I don't know. If it's going to be the problem with what we had with the original uh, with the last season of Game of Thrones is we didn't have source material. Right. So they're kind of winging it. And this is kind of the same thing. They have broad strokes and they don't have source material. So but it's solely on them. Yeah, I don't know. It's I probably because it's all new characters. It's a different time period. I just can't get myself oh. excited. I am it. excited about the Lord of the Rings one. That actually looks really that looks good. Cool. But I think it looks really good because they're doing uh, soon. I don't know when, but they're doing a lot of practical effects, and I think that's why that's. But it's on Amazon, so good luck finding it. (laughs) Yeah, you're gonna spend a week trying to find it. You're gonna find the animated version of Lord of the Rings. God, that I'm still. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna be watching so bad. You're gonna be watching. You're gonna be watching the Hobbit Five Armies going like, is this their new show? You're watching. Loved Loved every second of it. Ralph Bakshi's rotoscoping going, wow, this is really, these are really terrible special effects. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess it's your, yeah, it's like what, it's one third of the book, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Hobbit. Oh, he did all of The Hobbit. The Hobbit was complete, but I don't remember. Uh, yeah, that was, that was Rankin Bass. Yeah. Oh, was that it? Was not, that was all right. You know, it's TV, but um, back when TV was TV. But um, yeah, that was uh, Rankin Bass, I think. Once in a while, they did something that was two-dimensional animation. Yeah, I mean, The Hobbit was the best Lord of the Rings book because it was also the shortest. <laughs> Until Peter Jackson yeah. got it. Shots you know, fired. I love Lord of the Rings, but like I stopped reading the first book. I uh-huh. didn't even get to Weathertop. When he no, went this is you spend like four chapters in Weathertop. I don't know how many times i got to tell you this. I know. I'm like, I literally, I just 20 pages on description is just, you're going to live there for a while. It's not fun. It was 20 pages describing the, the hike that they went to get to weather top. And we had, I hadn't even gotten there yet. I'm like, forget it. I'm out. I'm done. (laughs) I think I read, I kept trying to read fellowship of the rings and I would always get to the, the, the council of Elrond. And I would, I would, Mm -hmm. I would always stop there and had to really, when the movies were coming out, I had to push myself and read read through. I finished all three books, but I don't think I'd ever read them again. Yeah, I mean, they're not for everybody, you know. It's not uh, not only genre. It's just the writing style is a lot. Um, His- 
because I mean, he's the man who you know worked on the dictionary, right? So like the, you know, <laughs> the Oxford Dictionary. So you can imagine that uh, his writing style is very uh, uh, redundant, and uh, he he likes to extrapolate uh, the words he uses. Uh, he's the man who worked on the dictionary. What a great descriptor. You know, I mean, he is, right? Like a, a fan or somebody wrote a letter. I think it was a college professor or something like that uh, who complained about some of the writing in the book itself. And he says, like, this is not how it works in the dictionary. You can't use this phrase. And he responded back, sir, excuse me, I wrote the dictionary. This is exactly how it's intended to be used. I know, uh, I know, that, he, I know that he invented the word flummoxed. Flummoxed, that's a good word. Flummoxed wow. does not exist. I think he came up with that in The Hobbit. I believe wow. I believe he invented that word. I, I, it's I'm, a good word. Someone word. someone may have to check me on that. Please fact check. I believe that it. No know. fact check here. We believe you 100. Uh, percent No, that's that is that is what it is. Oh yeah, 100. percent I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was going to ask. I forgot what I was going to say. But we're going to do a quick round of uh, of, uh, of of we're going to do the song title game here uh, from the Rolling Stone uh, mm-hmm. game. And the topic this week, Patrick, you've listened. We just go around in a circle. And, uh, Circle jerk, I got you. Yeah. Whoa. And uh, today's... No, not that kind of party? Sorry. Yeah. If I knew... I've been gone. Are you sure? If I knew it was going to be that kind of party, I would have stuck my dick in the mashed potatoes. That is from a BC Boy <laughs> song. That is... What's his name? Who is it? Who is it? Who is the, the famous comedian, John? Um, he did the... He, oh, he would do the... Uh, he would Mil- do the... Milton Merle? No, he would do the party Bob records. Cat? He would do the pig... Pig... Oh... The he, pig? he would do the the party records. Pig, um, oh, pig meat Markham. Yes, pig meat Markham. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. All right, all right. This mm. pig meat Markham. Thank you. Could not remember uh-huh. that. All right, here we go. Uh, the today's topic. Today's topic is songs that mention the time of day. Songs that mention the time of day. Time of day. Mm-hmm. Songs that mention the time of day. Who's starting? John, we're gonna go with John first. Oh no! Till the end of the day, the Kinks. Oh, nice, nice. Jake. Uh, <laughs> afternoon delight. Nice. The morning after. Oh, from hey. the Poseidon Adventure. I'm gonna go with another Kinks classic, Waterloo Sunset. Ooh. There Mm. I think it's you, John. John, it's you. Uh, how about all the day and all of the night, the Kings? Hey, how you uh, doing? All right, Jake. Uh, I don't know. This is that's not. Mm. Uh, shit. <laughs> I don't think that it's not. It's not the name of the song. Pick it's a, not the name of the song, but I don't know what it's called. Pick another uh, one. Uh, uh, no. Oh, uh, no. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, day and night. <laughs> day and night. Yeah, that's one. It's uh, um, uh, Kick, Kick Cuddy. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, I'm blanking right now. I'm like, I'm hearing lyrics in my head, but I can't think of names. Um, no, I got nothing. I can't think of one. Come on, bro. I'm blanking. Come on, all your emo music, they don't Yo, mention night. Well. <laughs> I'm going to say nighttime is the right time. There by, you go. By Ray Charles. There you go. Oh, fucking Radar Love. 
That's not that's not a tad that great. It's not in the title, but it does talk about driving at night. I've been driving all night, hands wet on the wheel. Do, yeah. do, 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 you just do, said do. it had to have lyrics. Uh, is, it the, is it the title or the lyric? Oh, it just says songs that mention a time of day. So that oh, could, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Man, yeah. That opens, the, that opens it wide open. Yeah, that's right. the floodgates are open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're doing titles. We, yeah, sh- shit. We do this all <laughs> Jake's all, shit. I can do this. I'm, I'm, st- I'm going to stick to the titles because I think I can do it. Patrick? Yeah. Or Jake? Titles, Jake. Yeah. Or no, John, your uh, turn. John, your turn after Patrick. I said uh, nighttime is right. Uh, Good morning, good morning by the Beatles. Uh, Jake. Uh, good morning from uh, uh, singing, right? Hey, very good. Patrick. Uh, no, I'm bad at these. Uh, I thought I was bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jake's so happy. All, I, I, I'm no longer bad. Past I'm, two weeks, I've had to I've had to fight against these two, and now I, I am now not I'm, good. I'm, I'm not good. the worst now. Yeah, now I'm good. Yeah, I feel good. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Hey, look at that lining, Merv. Patrick, what do you got? I got nothing. I can't think. I'm gonna go walking after midnight. Patsy Klein. Mm. 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 John. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, good night by the Beatles. Wow. Jake. The uh, Sunglasses at Night by Corey Hart. Hey, there you go, you son oh, of a gun. Yeah. I'm going to go Night and Day by Cole Porter. You cuz yeah. I'm a I'm a sophisticated son of a bitch. John? Uh Morning Has Broken, Cat Stevens. Wow. Uh Nightingale Sang in Barkley Square. That's not <laughs> Yeah, no. a nightingale's a bird. That is not. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Are you reading off a list of the on the internet? Are you? No, re- I knew that song. I just wanted to make sure that was the name of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That certain night, the night we met, it was such a romantic affair. Yeah. There were angels dancing, and a nightingale sang in Barclay Square. How about that? Hmm? Yep. Yep. Pretty uh, sophisticated. What do you got? What do you got, Jake? What do you got? That's what I got. That is not the title, so you're out. So uh, yep. uh, I'm okay. going <laughs> to go. Uh, I'm going to go. Um, uh, Midnight Special, Creedence, Clearwater Revival. There you go. Oh. Yeah. There you go. How about that, John? How about you? What do you got, John? Last one. Uh, good night, Vienna, by Ringo Starr. Hey, how you doing? I'll say, uh, how about twenty-five or six to four? That's an actual time. <laughs> Boy, that's specific. Da 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 You know, I don't like Chicago that much, but that is a pretty good little riff right there. That's a rocking song. Yeah. Who was the lead singer of Chicago at that time? Uh, you know what? They had like three guys that rotated. It's not always one guy. Oh, okay. But, um, you know, by that time you get to the 80s, it's always, uh, what's his name? Peter Cetera. Yeah, and that's when they just lose their balls. It's just, that's... <laughs> 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 I mean, am I wrong? It's all ballads. From then on, it's all ballads. They used to kind of have a some swing and some rock to them. But, yeah. <laughs> That's almost like brain stew. 
by uh, Green Day. If you uh, you know those first couple of years, they kind of they really they you know had some swing to them. They had some rock to them. You know they were they, they that's when they were the Chicago Transit Authority. Are you kidding yeah, me? I mean, um, I, I hate to say it because it's everyone says when Terry Kath accidentally shot himself in the head, Ooh. that was pretty much the end because uh, I think he kind of held them to a sort of more up tempo stuff and after he was gone the band takes a whole nother turn i had another song what's up buddy i'm a little bit closer i don't, I don't know give me give me the by jay and the americans i'm a little bit closer because i'm all alone oh my god <laughs> that is a song i have not heard a good song dude oh my god it's one of those once you hear it, you can sing along easy. Yeah. God, the sixties were terrible. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to sing some the greatest hits of Chicago, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, Crimson Tide. We'll be right back after these messages, kids. Welcome back to Superiority Complex. We had a nice little break. Everybody went pee-pee. Did everybody go? Everybody's good? Yeah, it was a good time. Because mm-hmm. I'm not turning this car. I'm not stopping this car. Pee in a cup if you have to, guys. You ever have that? Man, that's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. Oh. All right. It's, it's horrible. Okay. Uh, guys, we watched a movie this week called Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. And I forgot. This movie, guys, is the start of that ten-year, um, ten-year movie where movies, action movies, all kind of look the same. They all have the exact same score. Uh, this this kind of is that the all, is that the Bruckheimer all, effect? It's the Bruckheimer they're effect. All films. It's the uh, it's the uh, it's the the uh, you got that uh, that that same score. This same score. This same score is. This era ends with like the first uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. This score was Hans Zimmer. Yeah, it's Hans Zimmer. This is the same exact score from The Rock. You can't can't convince me any different. 100%. 100%. I agree completely. Yeah, you cannot. You will never change my mind about that. But uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. this is when Bruckheimer films were kind of at their peak. Uh, this is the Bruckheimer. And the thing is, this is a good one. There's plenty of shitty Bruckheimer movies, and this is a good one. You know. Well, this is more character driven. This is this is definitely the reason I like this movie is because of the heavyweights. You get Gene Hackman, mm-hmm. Denzel. It's it's just it's a it's a it's a masterclass in acting. This would not be the same movie if you had two different leads, <laughs> right? And what's crazy when I when I watch this movie, and we'll get into it, but when I when you think that Gene Hackman can't, is one of those guys. Who can easily move from lead to support and and to character? Yeah. He's a character actor who can play leads, and he it, can be a hero and a villain at the same. Yes, time. it's crazy. He plays great heroes and he plays horrible villains. He's so good. It's like damn, like you just appreciate him more and more whenever you. The more you, Hackman uh, always surprises me. Man, dude, the, uh, the Hackman. We we love we all loved him in Poseidon Adventure. Hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> but there is there is a moment where you wish you would have told uh, Mrs. Rosen to shut the fuck up. 
and he is by far the best Lex Luthor of all time. He's the best what? Lex Luthor of all time. Oh yeah. He's so. You know what? I'll tell you what. As as campy as that Superman is, uh, Gene Hackman Great is villain. is so good in it. He is so good as uh, yep. as Lex. You buy it. You believe it. You're like, fuck. He's really upset. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be yeah. pissed too if I was Gene Hackman. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's good. Uh, it's almost like everything everything else in that movie works aside from the Superman stuff. Like, you know, Glenn Campbell's good as his – not Glenn Campbell. Glenn, uh, Glenn Ford is good as his dad. You know, that whole thing. Like everybody else is in it. You know, Margot Kidder's great as Lois Lane. Everything works, just not the Superman stuff. You just took What do you mean, like the effects? Well, it's just – it's so boring. You know, it's just he's so goofy and the way it's done is so campy that it's kind of like, you know. At the I time, don't know how else – that's a character I don't even care about, and I don't know how else you could have played it. I think he really no. I love kind of, I, I love nails it. <laughs> I love Christopher Reeve as Superman and as Clark Kent. I yeah. do. I think he does a great job with Clark Kent because it's hard to do. He's doing some physical comedy and he's kind of being bumbling and it's almost impossible. And I again, mean, that's a character I have no interest in. As but much it works. black as he gets, <laughs> I really liked the first Henry Cavill Superman Man of Steel. Yeah, that one was good, and then everything else was trash. After that. that was the loudest movie I've ever seen. I think my ears are still ringing from that. True, yeah, yeah. true. You're not wrong, but that's you know that's DC and you know WB like to blow out your eardrums. Um, it's that, it's what but he did Zach. a good job playing both Kent and Superman. Mm. Yeah, I, think, I agree. personally, and you get probably the best the best rendition of his father. Um, Kevin in, uh, Kevin Costner. I still Kevin say Costner. I still say Glenn Ford is my guy. Really? Yeah. I mean, and, you know, to each his own. I I like Man of Steel. I think that one was. Uh, I think they did a good job. Listen, if I want I if I want someone to just read the script word for word with no emotion, I'll pick somebody better than Kevin Costner. Because that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to get. That's what I'm getting in every Kevin Costner performance. Are you, why you know, do you I, be like that with Kevin Costner? We like Kevin Costner. We don't. We don't we like, do it. like Kevin. No, Costner. we do not. We like him in Bull Durham because that's the most personality he's ever had. He you know, I agree with I, I think I agree with both of you because he has been really boring in a lot of movies. But I always think of how good he is in JFK. And that should not be an exciting character. <laughs> He's like this sort of pencil pusher, you know, but that I don't know. He does a good job in that. So I think he can be good. But you're right. The rap he gets is he's pretty flat. Oh, just just watch just listen to the narration of Dances with Wolves. It will make it makes Blade uh, Runner sound yeah, like just, it Dances makes Blade Runner <laughs> a shit movie. Okay, let's not talk about Dances with Wolves. It, let me tell you that Dances with Wolves narration makes Harrison Ford's rendition of of, a, of narration in Blade Runner sound like Claude Rains doing the Invisible Man. Oh, that's a, that, how's that for a deep? Uh, yeah, how's that for a deep? No, reference? you're right. It's like yeah, it's like he's all <laughs> Indian lover. That's me. Yeah. They don't advertise for me. <laughs> yeah. If he comes back tomorrow, I will name him Two Socks. Uh, yeah, you know, you're just I like, know. oh, my God. oh my God. And what? Did he get like, he got, uh, God, it won Best Picture and Best Director. What ah, the fuck? Well. It's because Hollywood's a piece of shit. Good for I, I get the picture. Uh, but that is a beautiful movie to look at. I will tell you that. That is a beautiful movie mm-hmm. to to. Yeah, that's to, not a bad movie. My dad loved that movie. Christ. <laughs> just. He saw that. I think I went a couple times with him to see that in the theater. Right. Uh, but Kevin Costner is flat. I don't know what you can do with that. Some actors no. are just. You know flat. what movie he's good in? He's good in that movie with. What's the one with uh, Clint Eastwood where he's the. Where, a perfect World? Yes. Kevin I Costner. Never saw that. Kevin Costner's pretty good in that. 
He's pretty good in that. I don't know. There's a, there's, you know, it's like, it's like Ryan Gosling. You can underplay something to the point where it looks like you're not doing anything. <laughs> you know? Right. What about so, Kevin Costner and Robin Hood? Let's talk about that for a second. Oh, I, I, no, that's a piece, of, that's a piece of shit. I it's hate that campy, movie. It's shitty, but it's fun, and you can tell he's having fun this, in the movie. I'm yeah, gonna, but boy. I enjoy it for how much fun it is, Patrick, and I like the fact that Morgan Freeman gives no shits about that movie, and he's just having a blast. Patrick, I'm going to I didn't want... I just didn't want a comedy. I, I saw that, and I thought, hmm, I don't... I You know, this is... Not men in tights, right? Like, yeah, I don't know, uh, and I like Alan Rickman, but there's a moment, like when he's when he yells "cancel Christmas," you know, he's throwing stuff at Maid Marian. Mm-hmm. I'm going, all right, he's, I'm fine they, with it. I'm fine with it. Crossed the line now. It is now a full blown comedy, and all that, you know, stuff like, um, oh, what's his name, Christian Slater, going, <laughs> "Fuck me!" He cleared the wall. It's like, ah. So no, you just don't, I don't know who directed it, but at that point you just go, well, they don't care. They just don't fucking care. No, it's irreverent. They don't give a shit. I get, about John, that. I got news That's for you. I got news for you, and this is gonna you're gonna hate me for this. Nobody cares about Robin Hood. Just mm. like King Arthur, nobody gives a shit. Okay, well I, let's be honest. There's only two good Robin Hood movies, all right? And I'm just gonna now. say it. It's it's men in tights. Yeah. And it's yeah. the animated Robin Hood, and everything else is shit. So nobody's ever seen the Errol Flynn Robin Hood Who with Claude Rains and Basil. about the Errol Flynn one? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you, have which you one seen is it? that? Which one is, yes, is that I have seen one? it. And you didn't care for it? It's okay. <laughs> Was that the newest one? No. No, Errol Flynn, 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 1938. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's Shakespearean at points for me. John, who do you care? the dialogue. It's Shakespearean. John, who do you, you like? See the new one, the 2018 one with uh, yeah, that was my shit. And Jamie Foxx. Yeah, that was shit. You don't like it? Yes, it was bad, Jake. Uh, the you like it more I, than I, you know a, a bus driving down a rickety ass road? Okay. No, you know I, I, I didn't like. I didn't like that because it was obviously the setup movie. It Michael Bay like went to see that, and he had an erection the whole time with the amount of loud noise and camera shaking. <laughs> yeah, it felt like there was more to come. By the time the movie ends, you're like, well, yeah, that's what this, Michael this, Bay said. This could have been like the first 10 minutes. What the hell happened? He's not just now becoming Robin Hood. It's, it's a funny. disappointment. Yeah. John, let me ask you this. Wait. Who do you care more about? Robin Hood yes. or Ivanhoe? I've never seen an Ivanhoe movie. Now that's well, no, me. What now about Robin Hood or King Arthur? But I get what you're saying when you say nobody gives a shit about these movies. I don't give a fuck about Ivanhoe. Right. But I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for a good King Arthur movie. And even a bad one. Even the one with Sean Connery that first night. I don't know. There's something oh, fascinating about the character. Yeah. So bad. Yeah, man. I just can't I mean, get the that. Grail myth is what's really interesting, right? Like that's what it gets right. exciting with King Arthur and stuff like all, that. All the but books. That, yeah. The best Grail myth that was ever done was Indiana Jones three. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know what you gotta love. I, I think you would agree with this. Is the the one that really gets it right probably is uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Right. Yeah. They probably yeah. get that closer. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of those guys, you know, with the like Oxford and Cambridge and like what, what Terry Jones like wrote his thesis on Chaucer. So, I mean, those guys understood those myths inside and out. And that's why it's so funny, because it feels real. You know, that line about must be a king. Why is that? He's not does have shit all over him. You know? Right, right, right. Everybody yeah, else you is, know, is in the wallowing in the mud. Hood. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I'm a sucker for that stuff, but I don't. I I've never seen an I, Ivanhoe. I, I am also a sucker for Robin Hood and King Arthur <laughs> yeah. movies. Don't get me wrong, John. Yeah. I will go see them all, but I just, for personal opinion, I like the animated one and Men in Tights the best. And What's keep the in mind, one? the Disney one. 
Oh, with the oh, with the fox. With That's Roger. a piece of oh, okay. shit, by the way. That's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, here's something interesting. I can't believe we're doing a deep dive. This is like the NPR moment. Where all, I can't, I can't in my head right now. In my head right now. Why did you spend an hour defending NPR? All I said was NPR, and you just went in for a deep dive. I'm like, I know. In my head, I'm trying to figure out how we got from Gene Hackman to here. But no, yes, what were you going to say, John? How we did it, right? We got Crimson Tide to Gene Hackman to Gene. Hackman being a good actor, best Lex Luthor. Then we end up on Superman, and we talk about Superman's dad, Kevin Costner. And then Kevin Costner leads us uh, to Robin. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, that's, what it was. Yeah, 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 Welcome. Yeah. that's what it was. Okay, John, what were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, this is an answer to Patrick. There is, oddly enough, there is a live-action Disney Robin Hood that's pretty damn good. It goes back to mm. the 50s. It's in color. It's shot in England. Yeah, and that's pretty that's sharp. Funny. And it's one of those things they probably ran on the TV show. But it started as one of his first live-action movies. I think it was like a year after Treasure Island. And it's not bad. Hmm. Um, and nobody's seen it. It's just one of those things you go, well, who the fuck cares? Oh, oh, oh okay, Call Treasure Island. Best Treasure Island one is the Muppets one. <laughs> who's in that? Is that... Uh, uh, Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, playing, Animal. Uh, uh, it's got... Um, uh, it's freaking... Uh, what's his name? Uh, why can't I remember his name? He's uh, the dude from... Um, he wears the tights and the, the leggings and tight tights from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, oh, Tim Curry. Uh, Tim Curry. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, okay. Yeah, he plays. Um, he plays uh, Long John Silver. Okay. Long John Silver. That's a All great right. one. All right. Because well, you and Justine were recommending uh, the Michael Caine Muppet Christmas Carol. So I'll have to put that, that on is my also list. a really that good is one. that is really good, John. That is yeah. the fucking those, those two <laughs> that, those two Muppet movies are, are really I had never I hadn't seen that till a few years ago and it is fantastic. Oh, right. I used to watch it all the time. The, we watched on that one right next to the, the Mickey Mouse one and the, the Muppets one always went out. All right. I'll check that out for sure. Well, that's our Gene Hackman talk for the day, guys. So, good God, <laughs> fucking thank Gene Hackman. For Everybody, there. I, I can picture people driving, going, "What the fuck? Why did they just spend a half hour talking about Robin Hood movies?" Man, <laughs> uh, let us know. Is there is there a character like is there a Dracula, Sherlock Holmes, uh, a Robin Hood? Is there a character that is popular? They keep bringing up. And it's probably someone in the public domain where they keep making the movies, and you absolutely do not care about them. Let us know. In your in the <laughs> at, at soup complex S O U P complex, I'm always curious to see because everybody has that one character where like I do not give a shit about this character. Superman right. don't care. Right. Robin Hood oh, don't care. Jack Ryan. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. We're gonna come up. We, we we have two. We have two Jack Ryan movies coming up. Well, they just say they've been so overdone. It's just all over the place. Well, they, that series for me, would... for me it's it is Superman. So it's always amazing to me when somebody can do a Superman movie that will hold my attention for two hours because that's, that's the one I do not give a shit about. I'll say it. I'll say it. It's fucking Batman. It's it's been overdone. I don't care anymore. Hey, that's that's fine. Anymore. I don't. Like I said this before. Right? I don't want Batman anymore. <laughs> Fuck Batman. They've done it to death, right? Yeah. I could yeah, never I see. I, yeah, I could see. I could never see another King Arthur, Robin Hood. And let's fuck it. Let's throw Dracula in there. I could never whoa, see another whoa, whoa, Dracula whoa, movie. Whoa, whoa. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying vampire movie. I'm saying Dracula. Yeah, Dracula, movie. right? Like you know, what, Mario. I, I'm getting pretty tired of Dracula movies too. You know what? Fuck yeah. Dracula movies. I want more Nosferatu <laughs> movies. Okay, that's what we want. There you go. Like, that's, give us that's the knockoff kind of vampire movie we want. Okay, or give us the original. I will tell you something, uh, Patrick. Have you seen the live action Nosferatu, the color yes. one? Uh, no, I've only I've only seen the black and white one. Check out the color one from the seventies with uh, Kowalski. That will raise the hair on the back yeah. of your neck. And then yeah. watch what was the one where 
where Willem Dafoe plays him in the what oh, movies? Yeah, Shadow of the Vampire. Yes, yeah. that watch that Jesus. one. You know what kind like of monster it. movie I do want more of? More What's werewolf that? movies. Mm, nope. Yeah. Mm. You, you don't get a lot of yeah. Watch, watch. When you do, it's it's all CGI. Like that one with the dog soldiers, uh, where it's like, okay, it's werewolves, but it's all CGI, and you just go, this looks like a video game. Yeah. Dog soldiers yeah, is I great. Mean, you know, I'm talking like American Werewolf in London. Like that's the kind of werewolf movie we want. Mm-hmm. Fuck well, zombie movies. I don't need any more zombie shit. Nobody gives a crap about zombies anymore. I think the uh, last one that worked for me was a flop. It was the Wolfman movie with uh, Benicio del Toro. It was a flop, so they just said, "Well, that's that. These don't yeah. sell tickets anymore." You know, that one was okay. I guess the Underworld movies, uh, but again, it always looks like CGI. The, the vampires look good. The werewolves in those Underworld movies always look like bad CGI. Well, Shadow of the Vamp. I'm not Shadow of the. Uh, uh, what we do in the shadows has ruined any other. Uh... Oh yeah, that's the like the perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect yeah. version of a vampire and werewolf we've ever seen. Right, we're werewolves, uh, not swearwolves. Yes. All right. With that, I'm going to the stereotype. <laughs> with that, let's go back. Let's circle back to submarine movies, which there's been a lot of, and circle back. And what's funny is this movie's kind of meta because they're discussing submarine movies at a certain point. Uh, you can yeah. tell. You can tell all the parts where Quentin Tarantino touched up the script on this movie. Uh, I, I, it's funny. You should take a drink every time you can tell right. that they're entering a, a part that he wrote. Right. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, he's, three when he's doing the you know the Jack Kirby Silver Surfer. That's absolutely got to be a yeah. That's there. Quentin Tarantino for sure. And the Star Trek reference to Scotty. That's got to be Tarantino. And then the the all the references to submarine movies. Yeah. So uh, you know which parts he punched up. But you know what? It works. They needed something a little lighthearted, and uh, I'm sure that's why they brought him in as a script doctor, just to kind of punch up some of that stuff. Here we go. Patrick, take it away. Hold on. It's like the dogs are barking. Oh, I also feel like he, he maybe did that. He, I think he maybe did that, that sequence with the whole lip is stallion thing ah, because of the, because of the racist undertones that had to be, I see. Yeah, it yeah. had to be. That's funny. <laughs> that had yeah, to I be. know. I quite, I'm like, wait a minute. I think this is something I didn't quite get the first time yeah. I saw it. It's like, uh oh, there's more going on here than just that. Yeah, you know? this, this has to be the uh, this has to be Quentin Tarantino. All right, uh, but I love I love that Denzel's all yeah, but they're born black. <laughs> right. Uh, Sorry, uh, give me just a minute. No, no worries. We're going to talk about John. What is your favorite submarine movie? Uh, this would be right up there. Now I have not. This is sacrilege for people that love submarine movies. I've never seen Das Boot, and that's supposed to be the best one of all time. That was actually a miniseries. Yeah. Uh, started out as a, ger- a German. Uh, oh, is that right? Yeah, it was. A, the, it was like a six-hour miniseries, ah. and they they cut it for uh, theatrical oh, really? release. Yes, sir. Okay, I'm ready. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So by the time we got it, it was cut down to four hours. But later. but it works as a movie. It works as a movie. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. yeah. It was a German miniseries. Go ahead, Patrick. Take it away. Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide released in 1995 on May 2nd, directed by Tony Scott. Got a 7.3 on IMDb. An 88% on Rotten Tomatoes with a whopping budget of... uh, uh, Where the hell is it? Budget was $53 million gross worldwide. What? John, go ahead. Who wants to guess? John, I'll let you guess first. Uh, I know the answer, so I'm not going to say. 
Jake. What was the what was the budget again? Fifty three million dollars. Fifty three, and it had uh, mm, let's say a hundred and twenty. Mario, I'll say a hundred and one. John, what is your 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 answer? He knows. Well, I name. thought I read. Uh, yeah, I, I know the answer. And uh, what, what's the answer? What's the answer? Well, I, I what I read was ninety. I, domestic was ninety million. Domestic's ninety one, but worldwide one hundred and fifty seven million dollars. This nice. was a massive success. It uh, quintupled its money. Mm. Well, and uh, distributed by Walt Disney Pictures. Oh, yeah. Was it Touchstone or Hollywood? Or yeah, I think it was, was Touchstone. Hollywood Pictures. Oh, Hollywood. There you go. It's Hollywood, yeah. There you go. Hey, Disney making was, money. Yeah. Another backdoor money for Disney. Backdoor money uh, mm. for Disney. Uh, well, John and I had seen this. I saw this theatrically. John, did you see this theatrically? Yeah. Okay, so let's talk to the boys because I don't think they had seen it. Uh, Patrick, did you see this one? Jake had never seen no. this. Patrick, let's start with you. Give us your thoughts on uh uh, on well, uh, starting knockoff Hunt for Red October, uh, right. it was immediately missing uh, key actors for the roles of uh, bad Russian accents. However, uh, I was actually quite disturbed by the really close parallels to this last year uh, that this movie had. I was, I was watching it. It was like, yeah, they invaded another country. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Like, I was starting to go, like, I was starting to sweat a little bit. I was like, yeah. yeah. Um, I really like uh, Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman in this. They definitely together steal the show. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it was my favorite submarine movie. I think Hunt Red October is still always going to steal it, but this was good. Right. Um, I, some of the special effects don't hold up, right? It's, it's, you're spending, you know, two and a half hours inside of a submarine and it can be a little difficult to keep that entertaining, but they do okay with it. Um, I don't think it's something I'd go out of my way to see again, uh, but uh, I did enjoy it. Right. And uh, this is a movie, just so we're on the same page, um, <clears throat> this is a movie that is definitely performance-driven. This is, like you said, the, the, there's not a lot going on visually. Yeah, um, I mean, they, you, they, for what they were able to work with, for what they had, right, being confined into such a small space, being able to... Uh, keep the audience entertained in that. I do think they did a good job. But this shows you that's the difference. That's oh. the challenge. Any submarine movie, that's the challenge. <laughs> really. and, and this shows you how good uh, John McTiernan is because uh, Hunt for an October is shot really well, but there's a lot more going on. You yeah. do you do get out of the submarine sometimes because you have the whole thing where you've got to get Ryan onto the submarine and he's trying to figure out what's going on before he even I, gets there. So... so- I did have some complaints uh, about this film. So Fire I definitely away. think like the Quentin Tarantino parts with the, the comic book references and the um, Star Trek references, as well as the musical choices don't really fit this film. It, it doesn't quite match. So like the music they were listening to while they were uh, on their downtime uh, in their bunks was definitely something Tarantino would use, but not something that fit the movie itself. You think right? so? It was kind of, but Tarantino yeah, didn't direct of, it. He only punched up the script. Yeah, but I think I it, that felt like he had something to do with it as well because the music didn't fit hmm. for me. You mean what what's playing in the uh, not you're not listening about the classic, to not the classic yeah. stuff in, in Hackman's uh, quarters, but no, like, no, uh, the uh, Martha the Mandela's and yes, all that stuff. Yes, yes. Yeah. For 
the time period for the guys who were on that sub would not be listening to that. That's true. Something, something it more didn't, modern. It, it, that yeah. felt like I was pushed back like to the seventies. Even in, like, they would they would be listening more, to right? they would be listening to Nirvana or, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Not necessarily Nirvana, but it would have been more like you know eighties hair metal stuff like that. Like or, it would have been or or MC or, Hammer or MC Hammer or, stuff like that. Like the music <laughs> that felt a little bit weird to me, so that kind of pulled me out for a moment. But uh, it was really cool to see. There's a lot of famous actors in this. Uh, the cast, I was really surprised. Um, and you know, overall, it was fun. I, I a lot of familiar I, character faces from the '80s military movies, yeah. '80s and '90s military movies, I all turned up. I didn't think I was gonna like it at first. Honestly, I, I was kind of like iffy about it. Um, and then with the plot line, and then the they do a good job of kind of establishing that drama uh, and that tenseness. Uh, I'm glad that you got the resolution at the end, where you actually see what comes out of, you know, him disobeying orders and, you know, mutinying as well as him not following proper protocol and stuff like that. Uh, I think Hackman got off a little light, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> that's just the U.S. government, actually. Yeah, no, you did something wrong. You'll retire. It's fine. You, you, you're cool. Right. <laughs> but, uh, okay, that's a great, what a great, uh, you, you really gave, you really broke it down there, so... Uh, I'm ready for Jake to really just get into it. I come with my A game because you know I hadn't seen it in a while. I'm really, I'm really, I'm ready for Jake to really just break this down and get into it. It was and, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mark, and then Mario always goes, "Did you see? <laughs> Did you? You did watch, right? <laughs> you you watched the Jake? What'd you think? Crimson Tide submarine movie, Hackman, w- Washington. Oh, real quick. You would not fucking bring a dog on a submarine, okay? That I'm was, just yeah. saying it now. There's no fucking chance the dog would be on the submarine. I don't think the dog would be okay. Sure. No. Think, oh, so you think that, you know, having a whole bunch of fish, having a little fish tank on there? I, 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 I totally forgot. I didn't for- even see the fish tank. If I'd seen the fish tank, I would have said the same I thing. I totally I forgot about that thing. Yeah, this dude with a fucking fish tank. He's got little, they're, those are grommies, by the way. They're little grommies. He just like has them in the tank. I love that you knew what they were. Either. Yeah, grommie. They're beautiful, yeah. beautiful fish. Yeah. Okay, know. let's talk about the grommies. Go for it, Jake. Yeah, yeah great filmage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the plumage doesn't um, enter into it. I do. I think I like Red Hunt for Red October a little bit more. Okay. Than this year, um, but it definitely conveys the uh, the claustrophobic feeling of being in a submarine. Oh yeah. Um, and God, they're so sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> so sweaty. Right. Every it's... every single moment in this in this in this. Well, they're under pressure. No pressure, yeah. huh, Jake? <laughs> no pressure. You know, just potential World War Three, but you know, it's fine. Well, that's I the- definitely think that they took a lot of inspiration from Doctor Strangelove, right? Like the script is semi-similar uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Well, Doctor Strangelove took the plot of a a, a, a book called it was it's based on Failsafe, right? right? And there was actually right. a movie. Another one I think called Red Alert. I mean, it's the the scenario is like a real. It's a scenario that a lot of people have used. It's not just strange love. That is a scenario people have mm-hmm. part. You know, they've parsed it for years. You know, yeah. yeah. What would you do? You right. know, how would you reach out? How could you stop it? You know. Well, you you know you hear the stories now of like back in the Cuban Missile Crisis, it was like one guy 
who wouldn't fire the missiles or we would have all started. This was based, this was based on that scenario. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, yeah. Like one guy. I was, I, I was 50, 50 by the end of the movie, whether or not those missiles were going to launch. Yeah. To be fair. I was like, you know what? I would be a real good surprise if they, if they got that last e, uh, EAR and they're just EAM? Like, yeah, launch them. EAM. He's like, yeah, fucking launch the missiles. Yeah. Crazy. Well, that, that's the whole, that's the whole gist of the story, right? They're blind. They don't know. Yeah. And Denzel's like, well, we can't go, you know, on, on the one hand, he's like, we have our orders. And Denzel's like, no, those co- orders could have been countermanded. Like, we have to find out what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like that um, you got to see that he was willing to do whatever it takes. Right. Like, if needed be, Denzel would have launched if it was required of him. Right. Oh, right? You, like, you have no doubt he would have done it, but he just wanted to be sure. Yeah. He didn't want to Which start. World I, I respect Wars. a lot more than uh, Hackman blindly following orders. Right, and that's, and that's he's so just focused. That's the gist, right? That's the yeah, yeah. That's uh, the question, uh, right? So I'm sorry, Jake. We interrupted you. Continue, sir. Oh no, it's fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> he's happy. We pulled him in on the movie. Yeah, this is good. Oh, that's what happened. <laughs> you son um, of a bitch. But I do, I do like the uh, the tension between Ramsey and Hunter. Mm-hmm. You no, know, Hunter being the the well edu- the well educated uh, by the book sort of uh, sort of captain, right? Whereas uh, Ramsey is the is the grizzled veteran who's got a lot of experience, but might not necessarily uh, make the right call in the in the right situ- in the situation. Well, he's. I mean, so seeing them go back and forth, and even them, even like there. What there's two mutinies. There's two mutinies in this movie. Right. There's a mutiny and then a mutiny of the mutiny. Yeah, there's, a yeah, mutiny there's a mutiny and a counter mutiny. Yeah, double there was mutiny. a third. There was a third mutiny because there was a mutiny of the mutiny of the mutiny. Yeah. Right. So he mutinied from the captain originally. Right. right? What he did, and then, and then the captain mutinied, back. and then he mutinied back from the captain. Yeah. And then uh, technically he mutinied again, uh, the captain mutinied again, and uh, so four maybe. Yeah, I think this I think this movie needed more mutinies. But yeah, um, yeah, definitely lots of tension. Really good, especially the um, when it was when uh, it was when Hunter uh, tried to get uh, reestablished comms with the buoy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole sequence. And it, oh, and man. it, the the winch, uh, the winch broke and it made all yeah. that noise. The winch broke and made a huge fucking sound. <laughs> and everyone, everyone no, in their pants. Talk about no repercussions from blowing up another sub, right? Like, that well, was, that was died. Alone. Well, what I thought, but I mean, that alone would have started, you know, some kind of uh, global conflict in you itself. You think? You would think. Well, no, because they knew they were rebel submarines, right? They knew. Yeah, rebels come. Well, but, I mean, we didn't know, right? That's well, the thing. Well, the Russians weren't going to fire on an American submarine. They had the they had the they had the yeah. means to tell if it was an American submarine or not. But I'll tell you yeah. this: this is where I kind of like cut Gene Hackman's character some slack because he could have really crucified Denzel Washington's character for causing that whole scenario by running the buoy out, right? Because that's really yeah. what they read. And it doesn't, it goes unmentioned. He doesn't take him to task for it. So in his mind, he knew, I think that tells you that he knew that he, he needed to follow those procedures, even if he was bluffing or even if he was putting yeah. up this, this bluff right. that he needed to like, you know, so he was still, 
there was still some willingness there to follow uh, correct procedure because he didn't get in trouble for it. I was waiting for oh, him when to... Hackman holds the gun to that like corporal's face. Cause Man, uh, uh, what's his face wouldn't give him the codes. That was oh, just like fucking. God. Oh my god! How did That's you just, How did you feel about seeing your boy uh, uh, Aragorn? He uh, didn't really fit the look. Uh, I think the last he was in uh, was he in Space Cowboys? Was that was him or am I thinking of? Uh, he was in some astronaut movie, wasn't he? I don't know. Or he, I think he played like a, a fighter pilot or something like that, but I don't remember. Ghosts of that. Mars? No. Uh, he, he seemed out of place for me. Uh, just because you know him from something else now. Well, I think he it was kinda has that squ- than anything else. He, he kind of has that square-jawed look yeah. that, that you need for the, you know. He's handsome. I'm sure Jake was very happy. He always looks weird without facial hair to me. I think that's what it is. Because you can see his teeth and you can see his little gap. Well, he's got a really thin, wide mouth, too. Like it's it's thin-lipped, and it's just half his face. Wow, that's re- that's <laughs> so specific. <clears throat> he's a handsome fella. I don't think you should be uh, critiquing him in that way. John, you hadn't seen yes. this in. When was the last <laughs> time you saw Crimson Tide? When was the last time you saw this, buddy? Uh, I saw it a few years back. I saw it when it came out, and then you know it's always on cable and stuff. So uh, I've probably seen it a couple times. Okay. I, I, I like this one a lot. Um, I don't know if it seems like it's maybe the special effects are dated or something. I don't really notice. I know that a lot of it is pretty. I mean, it's all on the submarine, but that's that's the limitations of that genre. <laughs> you know, even going all the way back to run silent, run deep. Once they're on, that's usually it. And yeah. that's the challenge. If you're a director, how do you make that interesting? Because you've only got so many ways you can frame it and so many ways you can set the scene. And the challenge is how do we keep this <laughs> mm-hmm. from becoming too much for the audience to bear? Right, but I like this one. This is a different vibe from uh, Hunt for Red October, but I to me it's endlessly fascinating. The suspense, what's at stake, is just insane, and the fact that at any given moment, you it all rests on like one person, and some of them aren't even officers, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, so even though some of those pop culture references don't exactly ring true, once I figured out it was Quentin Tarantino, I thought, yeah, I don't know if anybody would be. It's kind of fun for the audience if you're in on the. The reference, but I thought, yeah, I don't know if anybody's going to be talking about Jack Kirby and the Silver Surfer, but it works. What I like about it is later on, he's made that connection with those two, those two, um, those two guys. So when he needs them to help him out, they're there because he just he reached across and he made that connection. You know, he kind of made those jokes with both of those guys, and so he's the new guy. He's the only guy on the ship that really doesn't have a history with all the other faces. Right. So I thought that was, that was interesting that then when the shit hits the fan, he's got two guys and they kind of know he's got their back. So they're going to try to do what they can for him. So the whole thing, it just, it just so nerve wracking trying to get that signal back. That he's all, I could have built a radio by now. What are you doing down there? You know? And the guy's just all trying to get that signal back. And, uh, and then Weps, you know, who actually knew him. I guess they had served together. The, the Vigo Mor- uh, Morton's yeah. character. That was interesting. Oh, that betrayal was heartbreaking. But the thing was, what's going on, he's a really good actor, because what's going on behind his eyes, it's all behind his eyes. It's like, what can I do? I'm loyal to the captain, but um, Hunter's got a point. And, uh, you know, this is a shit. <laughs> it's shitty that it comes down to me. And that's really what he tells him. He says, it's, it's down to you. Do not... Do not open up that safe and get that 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 uh, key for the code. 
And it's it's crazy that it all comes down to him. And when he lights up that cigarette, and he's just like, I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to be rushed into this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they're doing the countdown. They're down to the last minute. He's just all, fuck it. He's just enjoying his cigarette. He's all, you know, this, this could be it. Um, I thought that was a fascinating character. And also, what's his name? Uh, George Zunda, who's obviously no fan of Denzel, but he's all, listen, yeah, you've got a point. Don't thank me. You know, it's like, but, you know, he's out of line. So I'm going to go with what you had to say. I just found all of that fascinating. It, it's the it's the personalities. That's what this uh, this movie ultimately comes down to: the way everybody relates to each other, and um, that never lo- I never lose my attention on that. Uh, so whatever's going on, it's really good as far as ratcheting up the suspense. But what it really comes down to is the human element mm-hmm. in this, and it forces you to think about what you would do. And it's like Jason Rubart says in the last scene. He says, you've given us something to think about that we're going to be talking about for years, which is how does this play out, you know, this scenario. And that last thing, the last thing you see on the screen where it says, as of 1996, you know, it does not rest, this decision does not rest with the commander, it rests with, uh, with the president. And that's another moment where we go, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If they'd only known, there'd be a guy like Trump in the White right. House. You know? you go, right. That's the most. A president would do the right thing. Yeah. That's... So when Patrick said he was sweating at the beginning, like, oh, wow, uh, that last line, you're going, fuck. So if you've got somebody competent and, and thorough and uh, thoughtful, maybe you're okay. But if you've got a Trump in there, you are fucked. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and we're lucky it didn't come down to that. Well, the four years Trump was in there. If he's the guy that's going to give the okay, Jesus Christ. Yeah, we're all screwed, right? uh, Not to belabor the point, but bottom line is it comes down to the people. You cannot do better than Denzel, and you can't do better than Gene Hackman. And all the peripheral guys, Mm. they really, they upped their game. Right. I still think think the best sub-movie is Wrath of Khan. (laughs) Yeah. You got a point there, because that plays out like a sub-movie, yeah. Well, the original, the original, uh, there's an episode of... um, the original Trek, where they they it's the Romulan warbird that can cloak. Which episode mm-hmm. is that, John? And that's, I've seen that one. And I'm that's sure basically yeah. that that is based on Run Silent Run Deep. That yeah. was that was based on Run Silent Run Deep, which is one of there the, you go, which is one of the movies they're talking about in this one. But uh, yeah, cool yeah. that Clark Gable and um, Burt Lancaster. Yeah, I love I love uh, a good submarine movie. Uh, I think anything like with a, like if there's a nave, the enemy below, any of those movies. Um, are always really cool, and um, uh, I like this one. This this one more is me is for me is more about the acting than the settings. I yeah. think it's too. I think the stakes are as high as you can have for two characters, and yeah. uh, and like Jason Robard says, you know they both have their. You you were both right and you were both wrong, and it's like where did that you have to kind of you as the audience are left to kind of dissect where each one was right and each one was wrong. And uh, that's what I love about it. There's no absolute. There's no, there's no. It's not, it's not clear cut. Right. Hackman has a point and it's a, it's almost a clash of wills and it's a clash of personalities. And uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's kind of cool because, you know, obviously uh, uh, Denzel Washington was on, his character was on the ball enough to know that he did have the right to relieve him of command. And even, you know, even the people Mm -hmm. that didn't like him, even though he said, I don't even like you or what is he? he says, I'm not on your side. I just, you know, uh, but, uh, I love that, that whole thing where it's like, he, he knew he had, you know, 
the precedent on his side. So he, he took the you know he took the initiative and and, and managed to keep Gene Hackman long, uh, at bay long enough to avoid nuclear war. You know, so um, <clears throat> I also like that you don't get any apology from uh, Gene Hackman's character because uh, that feels that feels mm-hmm. that feels real. That feels true. Like he's not going to apologize. That, that, that line at the end where he goes, "You were right, I was wrong." He's all about the horses. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, you know, right to the end. That's almost like a, you know. But the thing was, he's the one that said, "I'm stepping down," and he should be assigned. You know, right away he, he should be assigned his next assignment. That's unsaid. That's for, Jason Robards gets to say that. Hackman doesn't get to say it. Right. But you get to look in his eye. All this, all this acting that's done with the eyes, that's when you know you're in the top echelon. Right. A lot of this, it's all behind the eyes. Nuances. Like, you know, and uh, the look he gives them, like, yeah, I'm not going to say it, but you, you know, you were within your rights. Yeah, it might, not be the, it might not be the best submarine movie, but it is definitely a, a master class in uh, watching two great actors. And, uh... And, uh, you know, Denzel is as intense as ever and uh, does get to have some lighter moments in this one. You know, he does get to have a few, uh, you know, stuff where he's talking about Morbius and <laughs> and Jack Kirby, Silver Surfer. And, uh, I love that. When I saw this in the theater, I loved it. And then it's but it is true. It's funny. I didn't pick up on the music thing. Patrick's got a point about the music. Uh, after I'd seen this like twice or three times, I thought, well, that's a lot of fun. But I don't know if that's a conversation that's going on at that, yeah, that, it, at that time on that sub. But I loved it at the time because I thought what this does is he's connected. He's connected with two crew members and he needs them later on. And that's that's what broke the ice. They're like, this is the guy that had my back. I slugged the guy because he said Morbius was the better server. <laughs> I just love that. He's, like, He's got my back because he just slips that in. Everybody knows that there's only one server <laughs> server. Just dismissed. Dismissed. You know? <laughs> And he just kind of grins. Yes, sir. You know? The Kirby <laughs> Silver Surfer. Is that and true, John? Go, well, Who is I, I, love Mo- I, I love Mobius. So, you know, I, I thought if I was on that ship, I could have been either. I could have been either guy. Yeah. You know, because, <laughs> but the guy that was like the Mobius fan, go, this doesn't look like a Mobius fan. This guy looks like a meathead. Yeah, he looks you like know? a. I'm going, I'm going, it's weird. That this is the guy that's coming out for more Mobius because he just looks like he's an idiot. You know? Right. Uh, but I loved it at the time because I thought this is great. He's made a connection, which you see, that's what happens sometimes, you know? Right. It's that one moment where you go, okay, it's just the dropping that one line, he's got my back. So I'm gonna right, right, I'm gonna remember right. this guy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I do like this movie a lot, uh, but again, uh I think I think Hunt for Red October is probably my ultimate uh submarine movie. Uh but uh, if we're just you were comparing it separately, you know the acting here is just... a lot of it's driven. But I don't know if it's quite the same as Red October. Yeah, it's it's odd. It's so weird comparing them because they both the stakes are the same in both movies. You've got a situation yeah. where if you make a wrong move, and it's you know of course it's played right down to the last second in both movies. And uh, but this feels like the one where if you were going to show an audience at the actor's studio how you do it, you would show this. You go here's the here's the ultimate and how you do, <laughs> you do it. Right, you know right. how do you act by not moving a lot? You know right. How do you right. do it within like a you know two feet by eight feet? Right. And, and and another thing in uh, I think the performances in Red October are a little more muted. Um, whereas oh you think so? Well, I just think it's you know Connery kind of underplays it, and so does uh-huh. you know. Alec yeah. Baldwin's kind of low key in that one, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, here you get people. I mean, you get Gene Hackman yelling at you know, telling him to shut the <laughs> fuck up, you know, 
and they're screaming it feels in character though it feels I, in right character. yeah i think what helps red october is the fact that baldwin really plays up how crazy uh um what's his face's character truly is right like how impressive he is like with the whole backstory thing and you don't get a lot of that in this right you you know that he's a veteran captain and he's been in the you know the ship for a while and uh washington's new on the ship but still it's like it doesn't have the same gravitas i guess yeah uh i don't know i feel like it's different it's definitely different but uh, you know it's funny i like them both i can't remember what i gave hunt for october i really it's hard to pick a favorite between the two of them if justine were, if justine were here mm. if only i will tell you though uh one thing uh a little quick story about gene hackman gene hackman is like that in real life and uh, mm. there's a great story that he's working on the royal tenenbaums with uh, wes anderson and he hates the way wes anderson works he just hates it so between scenes one time he's just screaming at at uh i guess he just gave wes anderson a tongue lashing to end all tongue lashings and uh he, he never did another uh, wes anderson movie but he <laughs> after after he's getting done worked over by gene hackman he looks up in the rafters and there's bill murray wearing a cowboy hat and he just kind of mm-hmm. does he just kind of does a finger gun to wes anderson and winks I don't know what it means. Mm. But he just looked up and there was Bill Murray watching everything but from above. Uh, yeah, and you know what? It was probably a similar situation. Here's this kid, this college kid. You know what I mean? And you can imagine what it's like on a Wes Anderson set. You know, there's probably all this attention to detail and getting things to look symmetrical. And probably Hackman was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know? Yeah, let's act. You can, I mean, I'm just guessing. And I'm thinking, that's kind of the way this is he's like, you know, Harvard boy, eh? You know, almost from the beginning, he's all, oh, you're at Harvard, eh? It's already like, you know, I hate eggheads, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's already, think, he's already thinking, can this guy, when the shit hits the fan, can this guy deliver? Right. And that's when he's, you know, when he's confined to quarters and he's looking, he says, you know, he's never, he's never really been in action. You know, the last thing he was at was a, was a, uh, what do you say, a lecture. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, he's never really. But he proves it. I mean, that's the nice part it. of Washington, yeah. right? Like, he proves that he can be <laughs> he a good proved. commander, a good leader, and he can make the choices he needs to make. Right. That's what the, what's great. And so by the end, by the very last scene, that's why he's, he's he yeah. recommends him. You know, and you go, okay, he was a big enough man to see that, yeah, this guy had it. When the shit hit the fan, this guy really had it. Right. And you believe it. That's the thing with Denzel Washington. You believe it. You believe this guy. You, you know exactly on top of it. You know what's funny? I went, Denzel Washington has done a few military movies, and you always mm-hmm. buy it. You always buy that he's like, yeah. You know, you always buy it. So, uh, and also he's done. I, I was looking it up. He's done five movies with Tony Scott. So obviously they enjoyed working together. You know, when you think about oh, the last know? thing they. You know, he did that, uh, what's the thing, Unstoppable with the train? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Chris Pine? Which that was, was Tony Scott. Which you know, was the, Man on Fire. Which and, was the uh, remake of uh, Runaway Train. Yeah. And uh, even that uh, remake of Taking a Pell 123, that was also Denzel with uh, Tony Scott. It's not a good, a good movie, but um, I, I think Denzel was good. I enjoyed it. What's that? I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, you know, I, don't, I didn't buy uh, Travolta. I bought Denzel, but I did not buy Travolta yeah. somehow. I was it as good it. as the original? No, no, nothing is as good as the original. <laughs> that movie is... <laughs> the original movie. is a perfect movie. Oh, my God, that movie is so great. But that's the Denzel is so good, even in movies that aren't great, that you go, well, he's just A-list. He, he definitely makes the remake, that's for sure. Like, Denzel makes the remake of that. Because you buy it 100%, and there's a guy... 
that's a beat down guy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That character is beat down, and uh, he sells that. So you, you see him repeatedly play opposite ends of the, you know, he plays somebody who's really on top of things or like training day, you know, right. completely opposite kind of character. Yep. 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 He can, he can play top of the top of the heap, you know, gonzo crazy, or he can play somebody who's just barely holding it together. You know, guys, an actor, consummate actor. I mean, you'd have to say in the last like 20, 30 years, he's got to be one of the all time greats. Right. You know, because it's funny because you you look at his body of work and it's it's all over the place, but he's always it so uh, he always comes off good, even if it's a bad movie. He 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 himself is critic proof because he always gives it a hundred percent, and even if he's not in the best movie, he's giving his best and performance. He's a really good person too, like that helps. A lot. Right, where uh, you see somebody like a Travolta and you see him in a bad movie and he's giving a bad performance, and you're like, well, the integrity's not there. He just picked up a paycheck. You would never accuse Denzel of just picking up a paycheck. Never. No. no, and you know what's great is you know who else is great in some bad movies is Gene Hackman. Right, right. <laughs> so you just go, you know what? They're operating on a different level. It doesn't matter what the director's doing; they're in a completely different level. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 For sure. All right, let's rank this one, uh, Patrick. What did you give uh, Crimson Tide? Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. Seven. Who's your favorite character? Who's your favorite um, character? I like. I I really like Denzel in this. Right. Yeah, I feel I like think that his his whole reasoning behind everything, the way he responds to situations, even when Hackman's punching him in the face, like he's still yeah. being the consummate soldier of doing his duty. And I, I think he does that really well. All right. Yeah. Jake, rank it, sucker. Ooh, I'll give this uh, give it an eight. Ooh, give it an eight. Who is your favorite? Who would you like in this one? I mean... Oh, I just... I kind of loved the, like, the back and forth with Weps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he's super yeah. interesting, so I'll stick with that. Okay, nice. Uh, my man, uh, John Sandy, the right hand man. I give it a nine. Oh, pretty, nice. Pretty close. Pretty close to perfect for me. And uh, who is your favorite character, sir? Um, yeah, it's funny that uh, so Hackman and, and Denzel, uh, but yeah, uh, Viggo Mortensen is amazing. And there's a way to write this where he's the lead. You know what I mean? There's so many characters that hinge on whether he'll do the right thing that I thought a tweak here and a tweak there, he's the lead, you know? So sure. uh, I think those three are really something. Yeah. Okay. Right, right, right. I'm going to go, uh, I give uh, Crimson Tide a nice, I give it a solid, uh, after seeing it again, I'm going to give it a solid seven. And uh, I'm going to say my favorite character probably, oh, I don't know, the probably the magician at the party. He seemed like a good uh, he played it well. He wasn't creepy or anything. He I, seemed like a good I love it. Seemed like yeah, a good yeah, guy. Yeah. I know? love it. Seems like a good guy. That's the <laughs> God, I'd love to see you on Cisco and Ebert. I like the magician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seems like he's a good guy. Stand up. Stand up. Ebert's uh, all cut. What the magician? <laughs> you don't like that guy? You don't like? I thought, he was, I thought he did a. <laughs> I love that he's the the first thing you see. You're like, what the hell is this movie about? Yeah, right. This right. A, this guy's doing a, uh, doing a children's party. Yeah. Our friend. Did and you that, notice our friend yeah. from uh, from uh, our friend from uh, 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 Bronxdale was the guy working on the radio. The kid. Mm. From, the oh, kid from Bronxdale. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 How about that? How do you like me and now? It, God, the thing where they've got a seal, you know. Oh, and then Ricky Schroeder. Don't forget Ricky Schroeder's in there. That's him. Yeah. yeah. Come on, guys. Come on. Like, seal that thing now. 
God, that's Fuck. yeah, that's terrible. Uh, all right, I'm gonna yeah, I'll give it about seven. So next week uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a 180 tone wise, and this is our first Adam Sandler movie, everybody. It's uh, Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore okay. for next week. Okay. Yeah, love Happy Gilmore. Sometimes we like to do a little straight comedy. That's fun. It's fun, and uh, yeah, that'll be our movie next week. John, have you seen Happy Gilmore? Amazing. I have. Okay, good. I don't. Where do you land on uh, Adam Sandler, John? Uh, I like him better than I used to. I, I used to. I had him like in the Will Ferrell corner, which is like pretty insufferable. Once in a while, he'll do something that's funny. Uh, but lately, he's been doing a lot of good movies, and he's even done some non comedies where he's pretty sharp. So right. I think I have to change my opinion. Well, I, I did not know uh, you were. You, I did not know you were. Big, you were not big on Will Ferrell. I did not know. Well. That. Uh, you know, I don't hate everything, but it's the ones I like are kind of few and far between. I'll tell you what, with uh, Will Ferrell, think, for me, a little amazing and elf. You know? uh, yeah, of course, it's just you gotta love it. But I think with him, uh, a little goes a long way most of the time, and you don't. Need well, that's it. the way I felt about his Adam Sandler. His subtle too. <laughs> comedies do a lot better for me than his just outright comedies. Right. So, like uh, Stranger Than Fiction is by far one of my favorite movies, and he does a fantastic job in that. And then you look at things like. Um, uh, fucking any a lot of his other disco- er, filmography is just kind of uh, ridiculous, and you're like, eh, it's all right. Hey, by the way, did you hear this good news for you? Uh, after, after uh, uh, he's done with doing his show, his current TV show, Steve Martin is retiring from acting. I heard. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And I thought somewhere Patrick is popping a bottle of champagne. I thought you were <laughs> I thought you were gonna say somewhere Patrick is popping a boner. Like, like we're in sixth grade. That's what I thought you were gonna say. Yeah, that might have been a funnier gag. I don't know. <laughs> I read it and I had to change my pants. Wow. Wow. I now I'm picturing him like running into the room. Justine, Justine, look. <laughs> She's like, what? It's over. It really happened. It's really happened. Our long national nightmare is over. It. Well, it's not official. He said he was considering it. Yeah, I didn't know he was 78. Wow. That's crazy to me. Well, because his, his hair went gray, you know, clear back in like 79. So you know what I mean? It's hard to tell how old he is, you know? <laughs> right. right. But he yeah. He was prematurely gray way back then. He's really, you know, he's really he's been dead for years. He's so. really good in that Thanks. show. Wow. He's really, aside from what Patrick might think, he's really good mm. in that show. You know who's surprisingly can't, good? I can't. I've tried. You know who's surprisingly so good hard. in that show is Selena Gomez. I'm surprised. She's, I was, she's underrated. I, I think that she's. She gets a lot of flack, and I think she actually does a good job in a lot of things. Yeah, she she's very good. Is this her voice? I do not expect her voice as a singer to sound like it does her speaking voice. She's got kind of nasally spinky speaking voice. It's weird because you mm. think, well, she's a singer, but she's yeah. got kind of a, like she talks like this. It's weird, um, but uh, yeah, but that's that show. John, you would love it. That's a show worth checking out just for Martin Short. You would love it. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I like all three of them. So that it's uh, Hulu, right? Yes. Yeah, I'll check. Uh, I'll check it out. Yeah, she uh, Martin Short's just fantastic in it. Uh, and you know what's funny? It's uh, it's funny because everybody describes that show as like a cozy. It's a cozy murder show, almost like mm. Agatha Christie's, where yeah. it's like these, you know. Um, like Mrs. Marple or Miss Marple? Yeah, like Miss Marple almost, where it's like there's murder and stuff, but it's also like fall in New York and everybody's got fireplaces going on and they're wearing yeah. sweaters and everybody's like, oh, this is kind of a, it's for for a lot of people, it's kind of a comfort show. It's kind of weird, but. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, but I love that. I love Steve Martin's character. I love, he's playing like a, 
Who was the guy that started on CSI, John, the redheaded guy? And um, oh, uh, David Caruso. Yes, he's kind of playing like an older David Caruso type. Okay, who had like a show. I think it was called yeah. was it, it was called Brazos or something, and uh, he's you know it, he's like this ex TV cop, and living in this building in New York and just kind of like you know, kind of like sad. Is, that, a, is it supposed to be like the Dakota, something like the Dakota? Uh, what the hotel? The the yeah, like a high end. Uh, yes, every, everybody hotel. lives yeah. there. Like Sting is is in the first season as a resident. <laughs> And uh, uh, it's it's funny. It's really great. It's it's really really well done. And uh, uh, Martin Short plays like an ex Broadway producer who hasn't had a hit in years and kind yeah. of kind of desperate and pathetic. But it's funny because it involves a podcast. They they start a podcast about the murder, and so it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of podcasting jokes. So you'll like it. Save it for the show, like that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's worth checking out. It's fun. It's just great to see them together because they obviously enjoy working together. Absolutely. They obviously enjoy working again, so it's worth checking out. But. Is uh, Justine watching it, Patrick? Uh, I think she watched it at one point. I don't know if she could still watch it. It seems like it was right up her alley. I'm on season two right now, and it's it's cute. It's a cute show. It's cute. Cute me. I don't know. When things like that come on the TV, I usually tend to leave the room. What are you talking about? Steve Martin. Yeah. Love him. Steve Martin is Sherlock Holmes in. I, I always say this, but I think it's it could happen that he'll stumble upon something like Grand Canyon and go, "Hey, he was I mean the good. closest the closest I've ever gotten was planes, trains, and automobiles." There you go. That's that's I, that's. I, re- I remember what you, I remember what you said. He's a terrible person because probably in real life he is a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. So said, yeah. That's something like that, that's partly acting. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So funny, probably, but I just you know it's funny because I remember. You know, as a kid, I remember Wild and Crazy Guy and the arrow in the head, and you think it's silly. And then you get older, and you realize, boy, he really was doing something. It was like him and Andy Kaufman were, like, changing the way comedy was done. Like, he does that appearance on the Letterman Morning Show, and he's in bed. He's asleep in bed the whole time. And he does, they roll the bed out. Steve Martin talk at the end of the show. We've been all over Uh, the place here. I love it. I love it. You know, I heard heard Steve Martin, the last thing he was going to do was a Robin Hood movie. Oh yeah, he's, he's gonna, gonna play, play King Arthur. Robin Hood in a Robin Hood movie. He's gonna play King Arthur. Mm-hmm. That's right. He's gonna play Ivanhoe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything I about. Who, I don't. I don't who, know who, who the fuck is Ivanhoe. I don't know. Is that another? It's like the Scarlet. It's picture. like the Scarlet Pimpernel. I don't know who that is either. And uh, Scarlet Pumpernickel. I don't know why I should care. Yeah, I think that's the beginning of the uh, of like Zorro and all those guys. What the, who fu- have the, uh, what the, the fuck secret, is a uh, what the fuck is a Pimpernel? It's a flower. I think that's the start of all the. Um, I think that's the first fictitious character that's got an alter ego. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, but it's like Bruce Wayne. He's like this playboy, and then at night he puts on the outfit and he saves these people from the guillotine. Wait a minute. Pimpernel is a flower. I believe so, because yeah, he leaves that. Uh, wherever he, I think he leaves that on the wall. I like the way like you just. I like the way you just threw that out there, and I like I, I've been. I've wondered for years. Never bothered to Google the shit, by the way. But I've wondered about it for years. <laughs> never bothered, and you're just like, yeah, it's well, a flower. It's like you just, well, because it's the movie. The, you ever see the movie? I think Leslie Howard plays him. It's really it's the it's the Zorro thing. It's the it's the Bruce Wayne thing. He plays everyone thinks he's this sort of like a feet uh, playboy, kind of like. We're not going to worry about this guy. And then at night, he puts on the outfit. And in the Scarlet Pimpernel, what he's doing is he's saving people from the guillotine. 
he kind of swings in. And so it's really, I think, the first. I think Zora was sort of a doing sort of a tip of the hat to the Scarlet Pimpernel. Having said that, I've never read the Scarlet Pimpernel. I've just seen one of the movies. And, yeah, my first exposure was probably Daffy Duck as the Scarlet Pumpernickel. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. So everybody out there, watch uh, the Scarlet Pumpernickel. Oh, wow. What a, what a great show. We were all over the place today. But uh, now it's time to say goodbye to all our family. F-A-M. S-O-U. <laughs> S-O-B. S-O-U. You son of a bitch. P-C-O-M-P. L-E-X. That's it. Yeah, guys. K-I-N-K-S. Wow, there we go. All right, guys. John, Jake, what a great show. Patrick, good job today. Love it. Happy to be back. Love you guys. Right back at you. Yeah. All right. You too. So for John, for Jake, for Patrick, for the absent Justine, as always, hopefully she'll be back next week for Happy Gilmore. (laughs) When's she coming back? It's been three weeks. When's she coming back? Someday. Does Justine listen to the shows when she's not on it? Yes. And then rages at all of you. Okay. Justine, we miss you. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. Uh... That's it, guys. We'll be back next week. This transmission ends now. Fight the power, Mara Lago. Fight the power.